the perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive football stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at NewBalance.com. Hey, y'all. I'm Bud Elliott, and this is Cover 3 College Football Summer School. We've done our research on the teams, and now we're bringing on the top team experts from the 24-7 Sports Network to help us fill in the blanks. Please follow us on Twitter at Cover3Podcast. That's Cover3Podcast. And leave us a five-star review on Apple and Spotify. All right. Class is in session. Hey y'all, I'm Bud Elliott and welcome back in to College Football Summer School, a production of the Cover 3 podcast. And today I'm really excited to be talking a little Texas. And for that, I'm joined by Chip Brown of Horns 247. Chip, welcome to the show, man. Bud, how you doing? I'm, I'm doing well, man. Excited to talk a little, little Sark and uh, high-flying Texas offense and, and maybe an improving defense. Got a, got a hope and some transfers and, and the, got the a hope. excitement in Austin. Yeah, <laughs> no doubt about it. Uh, so, Last year, a top 50 power rated team, but a very up and down season at, at, at times. They, they, they pull off the win over Oklahoma State and they lose to Kansas and uh, kind of pour down the stretch, but maybe not entirely surprising giving, given some of the depth issues that they had and uh, some of the cultural stuff they, they wanted to try to clean up there. Uh, but I, I want to start on the more fun side of the ball, and then that is the offense, uh, a top 30 offense under Sark uh, last year. And that's not terrible for year one. But I, I feel like this year there's there's real potential. I mean, the the skill guys that, that, that y'all have there are are just off the charts, it looks like. Yeah, and that's what everyone's gonna be seduced by is the skill talent, the upside of a guy like Quinn Ewers, the the highest rated prospect in the 2021 class, um, the highest rated recruits in, at Texas since Vince Young. Texas fans hear that. And Bud, you know, Texas fans don't need much to think that they're on the verge of their next Big 12 championship. Um, the skill talent is legit. I mean, I think um, Hudson Card, Quinn Ewers, they both need to take steps, but you've got Bijan Robinson, Roshan Johnson. you got a stable of running backs, and then you've got a really talented big three at receiver in Xavier Worthy, who broke all the UT freshman records last year, 12 touchdown catches. Um, you know, Jordan Whittington, tough, former running back. You're over the middle, third down guy uh, in the slot. And then you add six foot three, um, you know, range for, for days, Isaiah Nair from Wyoming, who also had 12 touchdown catches last year. And the skill talent looks great, but you're starting over completely at tight end. You got two inexperienced guys. You bring in Jaleel Billingsley from Alabama, who's not considered a strong blocker, but is a down the field threat. So if your young guys, Jatavian Sanders, the five-star recruit, uh, Gunner Helm, if one of those guys can become that blocking H-back tight end, that is so critical to Steve Sarkeesian's offense. He always says the tight end is the second most important position in his offense to quarterback because of all the things that they have to do in terms of motion and, and all the 
um, you know, the, the, the blocking, the catch, all of it. And, and then you've got an offensive line that gets six super talented freshmen coming in in June, but haven't been through uh, any college football yet. Uh, in, in that group of six, you've got five stars, Devin Campbell and Calvin Banks, who I think most Texas fans think one or both are going to start on this offensive line. So there's still some orange construction cones around this offense, but the skill talent is is on par with anyone in the big 12. And, and now it's about getting to some of those things you mentioned, the culture is the culture strong enough that these guys are going to work their butts off all summer and work together and come back for fall camp, a better football team than we just saw them at the end of spring. Certainly. We, we saw Sark maybe disagree with, with one of his players as far as calling out certain guys on the team for, for wanting to party a little bit too much. I've been to Austin. I obviously live there. It's a, uh, it's it, it's a really fun town. Um, I I do want to talk about offensive line a little, little bit before we get we, we get to Quinn Ewers because I I love the receiver group. I feel like that that's a really tough cover for anybody in that league. But the offensive line last year I thought was I, I don't know inconsistent at times. I guess there were some games they were pretty good. They do lose two starters. I, it's hard to be a freshman starter on the offensive line, and yet I I don't want to count Texas out because of that, but it is concerning to me a little bit if they're going to be starting more than one uh, true freshman on the offensive line, all, almost regardless of, of how they're rated, unless they, you know, like an Evan Neal type or something like that. Um, you you think there's a pretty good shot more than one of those guys starts? Well, I, I think one of the guys they really wanted to step forward this spring, Andre Carrick, third-year guy, um, he started off at left tackle in the spring, and then he suffers a high ankle sprain and misses – you know, pretty much the second half of the spring. And so, you know, they set it up for him to be the guy and then he misses the second half of spring. So they move Hayden Connor, a second year player out to left tackle. And he's, he's what they want, you know, big, tough, strong, nasty, not the most flexible, not yeah. the best feet, but solid. Um, kind of like Derek Kerstetter was for them last year. And really, bud, all Texas needs is solid. You know, and the one thing that you kind of have to pay attention to with Steve Sarkeesian and, and Kyle Flood is they like to do it all. They, you know, Baylor simplified last year. They bring in Jeff Grimes. They simplified and just ran wide zone. So they had offensive linemen cut blocking, which you and I can do. And and it worked like gangbusters. Steve Sarkeesian's not going to do that. He is he's a pro style guy. They want a zone. They want a man block. They want to do it all which requires a higher level of offensive linemen. And so they went out, they recruited like crazy, they got them, but how quickly can those guys, you know, get in and fit in? That is a huge question. They do have some, you know, if Andre Carrick can figure it out, they have a solid center uh, in Jake majors, you know, Christian Jones has been there like eight years at right tackle. Um, and so, you know, they might not need uh, to, true freshman to start junior on is a lock-in starter guard. So, you know, maybe one. And, and if there's a special guy, I mean, Texas has had some special guys, Connor Williams, Sam Cosme started as freshman and they're in the NFL, but they, Texas hasn't had enough of those guys. So we'll see if on, you know, short preparation, just having fall camp coming in for the summer, maybe a guy like Devin Campbell, Kelvin Banks could come in and find a starting spot. For sure. Um, all right, let's get the quarterback. 
everybody wants to talk about Quinn Ewers. They, they still have Hudson Card on the roster. Am I am I wrong to think that this is Ewers' job? No, I don't think you're wrong. I mean, I think we have to see more from Hudson Card. Last year, he did not have the pocket presence to be the quarterback uh, at any school, um, let alone Texas. He's a talented thrower of the football, but he has got to show pocket presence. And Quinn Ewers is a bigger guy, um, literally, you know, 6'3", 215, 220. Highest rated QB since Lawrence and Fields. Right. I mean, it's, it's hard to... Um, the thing with yours, and this is what I, in talking to team sources, he had so many wild plays, but then he had those plays where he just didn't see the safety in zone coverage and threw it right to him. And we saw him force a ball in the, in the spring game, get intercepted. And, you know, I'm told yours led the interceptions by a wide margin. Okay. So can he over the summer get more comfortable with that offense? Can he process digest and just accelerate that learning curve to where he eliminates those mistakes because if he does he's got so much presence um in the pocket that i would give the edge to yours but i'm not i'm not counting hudson card out because sam ellinger had issues with pocket presence as a freshman had a bunch of turnovers late game turnovers that literally changed the outcome of the game so uh, guys can you know, if they set their jaw and decide this is going to be my team, I'm the quarterback, and they put in the work, we've seen guys take big steps. But, you know, I have to think that Quinn Ewers, if he's not the day one starter, he's the day, you know, game three starter, he's he's going to be the guy eventually, it looks like. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. I feel like he's just somebody who just needs to play. Yeah. Uh, almost like in baseball when we – when you call one of the kids up from the minors, like, okay, he's over 12 in his first couple of games. Who cares? Like, just get the guy reps. And if, if you look at the, at the pieces that Sark is putting together, I mean, he's putting the pieces together to build a really dominant offensive line, uh, you know, in the coming years, he's got yours locked up for at least one more year after this, Worthy can't go to the NFL until after next year. I, I guess I'm just, I'm curious, like, can this be a top 10 offense in college football this year? Like, is it, is that's a real possible, you know what I'm saying? It's possible. It's possible because Steve Sarkeesian is, is talented. And remember Steve Sarkeesian admitted last year that he took the foot off the gas at times that maybe he got a little conservative once he got double digit leads against OU, Oklahoma state and Baylor. And that, you know, in hindsight, I should have kept, you know, loading up and 
using all of our motion and using all the, the, you know, the heavy, uh, um, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a really, um, keep throwing your best pitches. Yeah. Keep throwing your best pitches. Your players can handle it. And he channeled back the players feel that, you know, they feel that they're like, why aren't we running what we were running and we're going three and out. And now we're expecting our defense to, to carry the day. I, I think Sark has to let go of the complimentary football piece of it. And, and just like he says, all gas, no breaks on offense and see if he can outscore people because, um, that's probably going to be their best bet. That that's my thought too. I mean, look at this and, and transitioning to the defense last year. Uh, I had him 94th in opponent adjusted defense. That's my numbers. Most of the power numbers out there are kind of, kind of close. And I, and I gotta say, that's particularly worrisome to me, Chip, because of the poor quarterback play in the league last year. I mean, it's not like you know that was the the Big Twelve that was lighting up the scoreboards back when you know Tex was scoring and Baylor was scoring. Oklahoma was, was doing its thing. I mean, this was a a pretty poor year for QB play, I think, in in the Big Twelve, and yet they Texas is one of the few defenses in the league that kind of made everybody look pretty good. Uh, that's got to change in year two, I would assume, just because of continuity. But are, are there any reasons to think this gets better quickly other than just continuity? Well, the the lack of cohesion on the defense last year was was staggering. And you had players who the coaches relied upon who were veteran players um, who you expected because they were veterans were going to be the ones that were taking charge and they ended up be becoming the ones who were like, "Uh Oh, here we go again. And I'm so sick and tired of this. And that when things started going wrong, they were not the ones standing up like William Wallace and Braveheart and saying, <laughs> you know, here we go. They were the ones kind of retreating. And, and it took, it took a while for that to sink in and it took way too long. I mean, it took a six game losing streak, the longest losing streak in the program's history since 1956 and a loss to Kansas to, to figure it out. We finally saw some personnel changes in the final game of the year against K-State. You wondered why those changes weren't made earlier. Now you talk to the players and they may have lesser recruited guys in that secondary and, and it's a melting pot at safety of guys who've moved from other positions. Anthony Cook from nickel, Mo Blackwell from linebacker, Keaton Crawford from corner. But yet Steve Sarkeesian feels better about this group because he likes the guys, the the competitiveness of the guys and the, you know, the tenaciousness of the guys. And, and so, you know, that's kind of a intangible thing to, to grab onto as to how this defense may improve. But, you know, you bring in Gary Patterson, who's got tons of experience with, you know, defending the big 12. Pete Kwiatkowski is going to listen to him if he's got ideas. I mean, they had Gary Patterson evaluating 2023 recruits, overseeing the winter conditioning program. You know, Patterson's got a presence, uh, you know, not public, but very much uh, behind the scenes with the team, with the coaches. And I think Gary Patterson's enjoying himself because he doesn't have the pressure of, you know, having to be the head guy. And so I expect this defense to be a lot better. I mean, they've got, guys who now should be moving from I want to play to I want to win guys like Alfred Collins and Vernon Broughton big time uh, prospects who've made plays but have been wildly inconsistent if those guys can step up though Tavondre Sweat another NFL player 
if those guys step up, I think the linebacking position is going to be better. Jalen Ford, by all accounts, is has taken over at middle linebacker to the point where a couple sources told me it's his defense. That's hmm. that's huge. I mean, he didn't he started two games last year, was the third leading tackler on the team. He's got to be on the field. David Benda, same thing. DeMarvin Overshawn has to play more physical. I mean, he's a super senior. Agent zero, he's got all the NIL deals. He needs to play more physical. Um, this defense has got to be more physical. I I feel like there's there's a I recognize a lot of these names as recruits, especially in the secondary, as, as fairly highly recruited guys who are are still around, you know, and like that that says something that they're they're still around, assuming that they're willing to fight. I like D tackle. Um I like hearing what I'm hearing from you on, on linebacker. I'm a little sketchy about pass rush, though. Like, like the looking at what they did last year and what they lost, and, and I'm not – granted, I, I think being able to stop the run in the Big 12 is pretty important, which is kind of counter, counterintuitive to say, but it's not like the league has a lot of high-quality quarterback play right now. I mean, JT Daniels, who didn't do a damn thing at, at Georgia, um, is coming into West Virginia. Baylor doesn't really have any quarterback that scares you. Oklahoma State, Spencer Sanders is not really very good. TCU, we'll see. I, being able to stop the run with with good interior D-line play is is nice. Um, but I do have some questions about this pass rush, I guess. Um, any any hope there? Maybe, maybe any help on the way? Yeah, I mean, I think you've got young guys now. Uh, Baron Sorrell, who played, um, lined up with the first team all spring. Long, you know, second-year player, long, athletic. He's put on good weight. He's hungry and he's pushing guys. And, and then Justice Finkley, I mean, the true freshman, early enrollee, looks like he's a third-year player in the program. I mean, he's 6'3", 256. And, Bud, anyone who plays on the defensive line and wears the number one, you got to yeah. be a bad <laughs> be a man. Dude. You got to be a bad dude to, to rock that. And from what we're hearing, he is that guy. He's come in. He's worked. He's really – you know, try to learn the defense. Now that's a lot to put on young players. Um, you know, Ovia Gofu from Notre Dame, did, you know, he kind of got caught up in the whole, I just think that whole defense last year wasn't on the same page. It didn't feel like the front and the back of the defense were tied together. They weren't physical enough. So stuff was getting through the front seven. The safeties were out of position. It was a mess. I mean, it was a shocking mess uh, considering like you said, all these players who are coming back, I mean, Keandre Cover, Tavandre Sweat, yeah. Moro Jomo, the best defensive tackle on the team is Byron Murphy, and he's running second team. I mean, that guy probably needs to be, uh, you know, more in the first group, and that'll all sort itself out once the season starts. But O'Shawn Mathis, the, the TCU uh, grad transfer, uh, huge target for Texas. Uh, they could sure use uh, – you know, some impact from a guy like him. No doubt. Chip Brown, Horns 247. Also check him out on the Horns 247 flagship podcast. Listen to our whole Horns 247 family of podcasts. Chip, really appreciate the time today, man. I'm, I'm excited to see. Sounds like the offense is going to have to carry this defense a little bit, but it certainly seems possible given uh, Sark's history and all the talent they've assembled there on that side of the ball. Yeah, it's going to be fun, and and the culture is the biggest thing. Can Sark get all those guys, you know, moving together in the same direction? Because last year there were some dissenters in there. All right, Chip, I'll see you later, man. Okay, thanks, bud. All right. All right, that's the bell.
Cover 3 College Football Summer School is over for today, but don't worry. We'll be back soon with even more episodes filling you in on the top teams in college football. Please give us those five-star reviews on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Follow us on YouTube and on Twitter at Cover 3 Podcast, and we'll see you all soon.